Welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. If you are looking for inspiration and in living out your Catholic faith, or would like some tips and strategies to live the virtue of chastity, or would like help living your vocation to the full, then you've come to the right place. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know that they are made for love and happiness. We are your hosts, Simon Carrington. And I'm Madeline Carrington. And we're husband and wife. We're parents to to two gorgeous boys, the co-founders of Fire Up Ministries. And mate, we are on a bold mission to help you experience the love you've always dreamed of. So from wherever you are listening, we welcome you and we are so glad that you have joined us. Uh, Hi, everybody. Uh, This is Simon Carrington, the the host of the Fire Up podcast. Um, I'm very glad that you'll be joining me today. Um, uh, I've been I've been eager to get to get this this guest on for a little while now. Um, so the guest that we have today, his name is Hudson Biblo, uh, and um, I I have been following his his work for the last kind of three or four years, I think now, um, and. I've I've heard his CDs um, or some 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 resources online from him. Um, I don't want to I don't want to get get too much into kind of what his specialty is or what his background is precisely because I think that's what makes him so powerful and the Holy Spirit is using uh, using him in such an amazing way. And I want to get him to share a little bit of what he's been through and and what he does. But um, I truly think that Hudson is probably the most uh, one of, if not the most needed Catholic speaker today in the world, um, just because of the, the area that he is passionate about and has, has lived through and experienced. And um, he's a powerful speaker. And um, from what I can see, mate, you've, you've, been, on, you've been on a lot of different Catholic radio um, you, you know, you write articles and 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 things like that. So you're 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 very well known in the states and in Canada. You're you're actually from your your. This is I think you're the first you're the first guest that, that I've I've had and had on that hasn't been from the US in this sense. Mm. Um, so that's exciting. So um, Hudson, mate, it's a, it's it's a great honor for me to to welcome you to our this podcast today. It's a total pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All glory be to God. All glory be to God for all that good stuff. It's Amen. all for him. All for him. Amen. Amen. That's awesome, brother. So, mate, look. So, look. As, as I said, I've 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 been hanging for for, for this for a while, um, but it, but it, but but it was awesome that we 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 kind of got in touch at the end of last year, and then we started looking at some dates to do this. So, I've been itching to do this, but um, I, w- I would love just for for everybody that that will listen to this podcast, um. I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit about your story and about what what you've been through because I think that's going to um, yeah it's quite exciting what what you've been through it's probably very been painful uh, for you but I think it's so evident the Lord is using your story and what you've been through to help so many people so could you could you tell us a bit about yourself and where you've been <laughs> sure sure it's always hard to figure out where to begin but. But yes. yeah, all, all for God, I can see this now that every single thing that has ever happened in my life, he can, he can do something with it. God can do what he does with everything. So that's awesome. And uh, so the short story is uh, in my story, like 
Same-sex attractions are part of my story. Transgender inclinations, as they're called today, were part of my story. And um, just the whole, uh, and where do I fit into this world? All of those questions. And, and especially coming from, uh, you know, a Catholic upbringing in the 1980s in Canada, uh, just the way the climate was, um, I'm trying to also figure out, or I was trying to also figure out how on earth do I fit into this church? You know, like, what's the story here? Because, you know, let's face it, everything that's out there on the news basically says that if, if you're LGBTQ, like you're basically, in order to be a good Catholic, you have to commit to never loving anybody. You have to, you're destined to a life of being alone. And like, it's the worst ever. And the church is imposing this horrible punishment on you to like bait you into being, uh, behaving good so that you can like sneak your way into heaven or something like that. I've heard, I've heard so many variations of that kind of stuff. And so it's like, there was a lot of muck to swim through to realize that the church um, the teachings of Jesus Christ is found within the Catholic Church and the magisterium and the catechism uh, contains such a deep richness uh, that and I was like, how come I didn't learn about this earlier, you know, um, but I, I guess there's something maybe like my, my spiritual eyes have been opened by the grace of God somehow. Uh, thankfully, I know that the prayers of many people were part of that. Um, and I was able to see the beauty, the beauty of of the faith. You know, and that's, I mean, so again, I'm, I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about like necessarily the, the, the people of the faith, because there's lots of people mm-hmm. in the Catholic faith who are really not, <laughs> I mean, I, I look at myself in the mirror and say, I fall short incredibly, right, uh, at times at being a radiant beauty, but I'm just saying like the actual teachings of the church, which I will describe as the truths upheld, written by God into creation, those are the truths upheld by the church. So I've, I had to come to learn that, that the church actually has, you know, its teachings cover several areas, but, but one of those areas is to describe what is evident in what God has authored into creation or in other words, natural, natural in, in nature, which of course is not what just like feels natural. It's like what is written into creation. So, so discovering that and then discovering the freedom that it's like, wow, all I have to do is is pursue truth. And all I'm going to end up with is a more profound understanding of my Catholic faith. So I love the pursuit of truth. That's why I'm here by the grace of God. So yeah, along that way. So, so like I had to discover all these things that were like, uh, the world was saying, you don't belong here in this church. You know, the, the church hates you. And so bit by bit, starting with the loving example of of people who, um, you know, showed me that, wait a second, the church is, if, if you, if you're showing me this type of charity in heart and spirit and, and like, maybe there's more, right. And of course these people had such peace and tranquility in their heart that I really wanted. Cause I didn't have that. I didn't have that in my heart. Um, I was, I was really growing up uh, with negotiating these thoughts and trying to make sense of it. And of course, you know, uh, mistaking things like, the desire for friendship to imply a romantic attraction and, and things like that. And, and then of course, escaping into uh, wondering if I'd fit in with the boys in terms of as being like a boyfriend, because I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, and even like entering into like, you know, uh, I would say like just, just when, a, when a boy sexually discovers themselves, like I did that when I was very young, I didn't know what was going on and stuff like that. And then, um, pursuing that and always looking for the next high which included going down the road of cross-dressing and stuff like that so it was like 
all these questions are going on. Never mind getting molested by a guy when you're a teenager and you're, you're wondering like, oh my gosh, my body's having a, a response. Like, does this mean that this must mean I'm gay? Look at that other first time I thought, I thought I was gay. I was 11 years old, but I'd been using like, you know, um, like department store flyers for porn for two years by then. And so I was bored of the stuff. I didn't have an understanding <laughs> of, uh, I mean, what 11 year old really understands what's going on. Right. And so um, I was able, I was led to embrace conclusions about myself based on my understanding of myself as a child. And so those came with me for a long time and they just, they just began to melt away over, over time uh, through encountering people who radiated a piece of Christ, who showed me a little bit more than what I knew every time, you know, there's always, there's always love. Nobody ever hit me over the head of the Bible or anything like that. Although I probably could use, use that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. Okay. Look, yeah, there's, there's some, look, there's so many places I could, I could start here. I mean, what I'm being, what I'm, I mean, just to know, so, so like, so were you raised, were, were you raised in church, like with mum and dad and your family? And then you, you started like that first thought started coming into your mind. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm noticing that I'm sexually attracted to men or something. You said that, that, that was at age like 11 or something. So did you, did you grow up in the faith and then you felt I don't fit in here and you started to, you left or. Okay. (laughs) Lost the unpack there. I grew up in the faith. But I always knew that I fit in the faith. I, 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 I fought back against the idea that I couldn't belong. I wrestled with that idea. I was like, how could I belong? I didn't abandon it because I knew that somehow it had to work based on what I had learned. I was like, somehow it has to work. So there's more for me to understand because what, what the world is telling me and what my own experience is, um, I'm, I don't have, I didn't have the understanding of how to figure out how it does work. Um, where I felt I didn't fit in was with my same sex peers. I didn't feel like I had wow. achieved membership in the wolf pack of boys when I was little. And this is true, even though I had a couple of friends here and there, and you know, like I, I, I didn't not have friends. Um, but there was something there inside my head that said, you're not worthy to belong to this pack. You have to be like a sidekick at best. Okay. And so, so what that did as time went on, of course, now alongside this, I discovered porn and I was really, I mean, I was exposed to this and I was ashamed and I went into like isolation. So my isolation plus my uh, feelings of inadequacy as a boy and incompetency at boy things for other a number of reasons, um, those things. All right. Do you- do you, do you mind if I just jump in there? What what would be some of the boy, some of the boy things you didn't? Sure, one sent one more sentence though. Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. those things. But where I uh, felt, um, uh, where I was on that trajectory, it drove, it made the the chasm, the gap between me and the boys get larger and larger over time. So by the time I was a teenager, I didn't know the world of teenage boys. I didn't know it. I only knew my life and I was such a, I was at such a distance, but on the surface, like a chameleon, I could somehow fit in kind of like survival mode. Now um, with regard to your question, the boyish thing. So as uh, I mean, 
what, what does a child as a child, uh, a little, little boy, I learned like, it, it's kind of funny. I think family dynamics plays with this one. I mm-hmm. love my family to bits. Um, I always played with my brother and I wonder, I mean, I had other little friends on the neighborhood too, but I, I just idolized my brother so much so that I wanted to be him instead of being the best version of myself. And so um, I, because I couldn't be as strong as him or as fast as him, because I was unrealistically perceiving that I could do that while being three, three years younger. Um, I know that that contributed to okay. my sense of, well, I'm, I'm not good enough, you know, and my brother is, is a great man. I love him. I know he's always loved me. And so when your children though, you know, you're not thinking about these things, you're just going and playing games and, and, you know, playing hockey and stuff or whatever you're, you're playing. So, so I always learned when I'm playing all the time, I always learned to lose. I never, I didn't know what it meant to win. I didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't have the comfort to know what it was like. I didn't feel comfortable in the winner's circle. So I developed this, this complex of sorts where I belonged second. I belonged as a non-initiator. I belonged as a follower, right? And all of those things didn't help because when you enter the realm of boy, you know, in the hockey dressing room or the soccer dressing room, right? The, the boys sniff out the ones who, who they can pick on. And I was, and for some of those reasons, I was one that easily could have been picked on because I, 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 I felt like an outsider and they could smell it. This is so interesting. So this really was like the doorway for you to start experiencing these. The, would you say it was that that was like the why behind why you started to be drawn to these particular these particular masculine qualities you didn't feel you possessed? Yes, yes, and I deeply like like every child every, in the whole world. I deeply desired friendship, real mm-hmm. friendship. Okay, now th- I bring that up with such pointedness because every kid still desires friendship, but everyone's jammed into their phones and people don't know how to relate very well anymore. So kids are not having as many, I would say, there is a, there is a deficiency of good, healthy, holy friendships in the world, even with adults. And so those desires to have a friend, have a good friend, right across the world that is let's say the developed world where everyone's got you know everyone's glued to their distractions and stuff um wherever that is i'm seeing like the stories of the children are are, the people are interpreting those that desire friendship to be well you know maybe it's hitting that in, in puberty right so it's like it gets romanticized it gets i wonder if i belong like you know, maybe, and is this, is, is, is this a sexual attraction? So I had the attraction to, to the boys, but it wasn't a sexual attraction. The world told me later that that was a sexual attraction. Right. right. In the meantime, in the meantime, I ended up, I think I was like 20 something. I finally caved to the idea of looking at gay porn. Cause I was like, I can't fight this. I want to, if I look at this stuff and I like it, then I'll know that that's I'm gay. Right. But if I don't like it, that, that was my litmus test, right? And so I remember looking at it, but I couldn't look away, but it was more out of like the horror of it all. Kind of like when you're watching um, like a disaster on television, like a, like a hurricane, 
It's like you want, you know, there's destruction, you know, that it's bad. It's causing damage, but you don't look away. You know that I remember thinking that when I first looked at it. And I mean, like, I never really dabbled in that stuff after that to like look at, but I just, I was like, uh, I mean, I, I went in, into a, you know, like, like transgender pornography, for example, because it still like teases you the idea that, well, I'm, I'm straight. Cause I'm, you know, it looks like, uh, you know what I mean? It looks very feminine or feminized qualities, but it's still guys. Right. All those things were at play in, in trying to like, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm so interested in this. Look, I'm I'm gonna share something now that I, I probably like I've never really I've never felt the need to share this anywhere. So this this might shock a few people that, that have been kind of following me around for a little bit. They they wouldn't know this about me. Um because I remember actually when when I was in high school, um, so probably like year 10 or something, um I, you know, like I I I was very sporty. Like I I was I was you know probably the things that you're sharing. Maybe you, you didn't like my comfort zone was was the sporting field. That that's where I felt loved and got praise and things like that. And so I um I and you know through sport you you do bond very very closely with male friends, especially um you know and you you get you know you get very comfortable on on the footy field, especially. And so I actually remember my um, this these two key things happened right around the same time for me that really led me into a lot of confusion and like fear that 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 that, that, that I was gay right that I um, so there was a there was a, a a friend of mine at school that I was getting very close to um, and right around the same time um, my uncle said to me. You can't possibly know if you're. I'm, I'm just going to use the language he used. He goes, "You can't possibly know if you're straight or gay until you've watched both kinds of porn and see which one you responded more to." And so, and so, what did I do? Like in fear of wondering, maybe I am this way because uh, I was, you know, e- even though I was quite sporty, I was extremely shy of girls, you know, my wife's probably the first woman I ever spoke to. Nah. <laughs> but but in, in high school, I was not at, not at all comfortable in front of girls. And so I began to worry, maybe, maybe this intense friendship with these mates of mine, maybe I am this way. And so I did go and I explored, you know, both kinds of porn. Um, and this is the, this is a really interesting is I'd, I'd love to hear what you would say on this. I don't know if I actually, I don't know if I processed what happened healthily or well. I think I just kind of put a lid on it in fear and just tried to pretend it never happened. Because when I looked at both forms of porn, I did respond to both. So mm-hmm. and I, it was so interesting that you said before, you know, especially, you know, like if a if a young boy, you know, you know, I know it's tragic, but if a young boy's first sexual experience is with an older man, they can say, well, I responded to that. So that maybe that means I liked it and all that stuff. So that exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, I'm hearing a lot more of this, of this stuff, you know, this understanding of, you know, teenage, teenage boys, especially boys will share with me more than girls, but teen boys will say, look, you know, I'm really close with these mates. You know, what would you say about that? Or 
they 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 did have a sexual experience where they you know that they they were used by an older man or something and then the the fact that their body responded sexually to that that act scares them right mm-hmm. so what would you say i mean if, if if you were if we were to go if we were to go back you know about 15 years to me when i had just watched all that stuff how would how would you guide a young man um, in I know that's sorry I know that's probably a lot but uh, yeah <laughs> well, what what would you say why did I respond to both even though you know I, was- you know uh, one of the <laughs> thanks for sharing all that first of all like mm-hmm. that's 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 important to always share that's 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 very powerful stuff um, one of the things that I remember saying once it just came out of my mouth when I was giving a talk is like when I was a teenager. My body was so sensitive that I could have like brushed up against the side of a cactus and gotten, you know, a physical response, you know, and and every male knows this. Right. And so, you know, and you, you know, you're caught up in the, in the, in the thick of it, the, the excitement, let's say, and everything. And it just, it just happens. So the quite that like, I'm talking about like the, the, uh, the, the body response, right. And a lot of the times in, as a teenager, like every guy knows this, like sometimes it has a mind of its own. Right. I mean, I mean, if, uh, if somebody gets aroused in math class, does it mean that they're a math sexual? Like, no, sometimes, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I mean, it happens. A lot of guys, they're like, Oh, what? you know, they don't want to like leave their desk to go to the front of the class because, their body is doing what a teenage body should be doing. It's, it's growing, you know, yes. and, you know yes. it's, uh, it's uh, maturing is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Okay. So now in all seriousness to the question um, I've in, I'm going to speak hypothetically, right? Because one thing, just to be clear is like, I don't give advice to minors. I don't, I generally, well, I don't, I don't, I'm very careful to not talk to minors. I get, I even get emails from people all over the place. And if I have any sniff of an idea that someone is a minor, I just, I can't respond. And the the main thing is because I want to respect the uh, parental, the parental authority structure. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I just entrust to the Lord that if some minor is going to reach out to me, sometimes they say I'm in grade 10 whatever, uh, that, that I have to just entrust them to the Lord. And I'll just pray for them that Jesus can touch their heart and the right people can be brought into their life circumstance. Now, uh, in theory, one question I think I'd like to ask the whole world is, well, what does gay really mean? You know, mm-hmm. um, because if it means that you actually like being around somebody, then every friendship means gay, right? Uh, if it means that uh, you you enjoy being, let's say, you know, snuggled, that means you have a sensory system that's functioning properly. Like, you know, uh, there, there's there's what I would try to do is understand understand where a person's mindset became formed. Who formed? Who taught you that? Where did you learn that? What do you think about that? What is this? Do you believe that your you you that that this is your forever destiny? Like, do you feel? Do you do? You, are you are you happy that you have this question to weigh out? You know, like the, the greatest thing would be is if, if if our young children in this world didn't even have to think about it, they could just go back to being kids and learning and growing in healthy relationships. But like I said, I think like I said, 
I think the bigger problem, I think the bigger problem in the world is that we just have a have a society without real friendships. And so yeah, wow. one of the questions that I ask people or when people reach out to me and say, oh, my friend or my kid or whatever, it's like, what's um, does he have like intimate, healthy, same sex friendships? And a lot of times, a lot of times they don't. Um, sometimes they do. Sure. Right. And I mean, even even if they so if they don't, it re- echoes my story of like desiring friendship and then having that romanticized or sexualized. But if, if even if they do have um, the uh, good friendships, I mean, so you want to ask, like, well, suppose it is what it is and someone just experiences same sex attractions. And, and like it, we, we don't. It, if we have only so much energy to give in this world, we could focus on exemplifying the, the beauty of the virtue of chastity, which does not equal celibacy. It does not equal abstinence. It's, it's the ordered sexuality in terms of, uh, you know, and, and upholding our faith in what it proposes, not imposes and, and, and helping people understand that through getting to know Jesus uh, and what could be, which, which doesn't like, it doesn't the experience of same-sex attractions doesn't even exclude people from holy marriage to an opposite sex spouse. That's the huge myth that we have to explode, right? It's like, if look, if a person pursues holiness, period, the f- growing in the fullness of virtue, they're pursuing holiness, then holy relationships will be a fruit of that. And if a person's growing in holy relationships, then a holy romantic relationship is, for the person of the opposite sex, is a possibility. It, it's yeah. a natural fruit of the pursuit of holy relationships. So anybody who's truly pursuing holiness, regardless of what attractions they might experience, they, they don't, they don't have to live like I did in this cage of despair saying, well, I guess I'm the gay kid. I have to give up my life hope of ever being a husband and a father, right? That's total garbage. If we ever hear people imposing that idea, right? It just drives me nuts. It's such a lie from the pits of hell. It says if somebody experiences same-sex attractions, their their life is shot. Their dreams and hopes of ever being a husband and a father, or let's say a wife and a mother, and it with a with an opposite sex spouse, those dreams are shot forever. It's a terrible lie that we have to help people understand is is something that is just it's it's not it's not good, you know. And there's there's people that I know who have been raised in a culture where chastity was what had a real good influence on it. Like the real chastity, not, not just, not about like behavior, but about the virtue of the heart. Right. So that was the lead. Now these people experience same sex attraction. Every one of them fully anticipates and expects to pursue a holy relationship with a wife and to be a husband and a father. None of them, zero, zero percent of them expect to like live in the despair of saying, well, you know, because I'm the gay kid, I just have to like white knuckle it. And like, just behave good and and, den- and deny ever being able to love someone. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was so, so close to my heart because I've seen so many people, mm. their whole life is just bent on it. One guy, he was, he's in his sixties, maybe even seventies now. He said to me, he, he bought into that because society told him to, that he could never be a husband and a father. And so he just accepted the lie that being gay was who he was forever you know what? And he goes to me, he sent me an email. He said, I finally realized all I was looking for was friendship. And his whole life was like 
stolen from her. Wow. Gosh, that okay. This is yeah. This is this is so. I think yeah. This is um. This is such a misconception topic. I think, and you've you've really you've really cleared up something for me too there because I think I have I have always wrestled with. If I get hit with that, that's like the ultimate stump question, right? Like, so, like, that's it. I'm just never ever gonna find love, and and it's like, yeah, like, how do I, how do I tell somebody this hard truth that 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 is it? But that that's so that's even so inspiring for me yeah. to. So if so if um if that's the case, right? If if it is the case that that even someone that experiences like a you know that that experiences a same sex attraction could still if they're pursuing a chase life, may meet someone of, of, of the other sex could possibly fall in love and marry, right? So does that mean, sorry, am I, am I correct in saying that? That's what you, that's what you're saying? Yeah. I'll, I'll, and I'll add, um, yeah. it, it, I don't think it's a good idea to pursue that as like a remedy. Like, Oh, if I do this, then it'll kind of like suppress these attractions. That would be a total disaster. And I hear about that. I hear, I hear about those sorts of disasters. It's not about that. It's like, if you're locked on the Lord and you're pursuing holiness, you know, who are we to judge what type of relationship that's holy that could arise from that? We can't, we can't say that God could, will prevent that. You know, if people are cooperating with God. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So what I'm going to ask that, that this, this kind of builds onto that directly then. So would you say that, would you say that it is possible through, I mean, firstly, can we just kind of get just just kind of clear up one thing? Um, sure. So, people um, are are people born with 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 you know like with this kind of attraction? I mean, it seems like what you're saying is they're not born this way, right? And they're always just going to either be you know be sexually attracted to the same sex. Or the other sex, that it it's it sounds more like you're saying that through different experiences, like feeling feeling like you don't fit in or something, almost that like that any person, if they were in a certain environment that was feeling making them feel these things, they could possibly experience a same sex attraction for somebody, and then um, if they don't don't have the proper guidance or they're not striving for chastity or virtue in Christ, that that they could simply take that desire and then just let it get out of hand. Is that kind of what you're saying? Have I made sense there? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 what you're saying is leaning towards what, what I'm saying. Exactly. I'll put it this way. Like, so we know that experience, our experience impacts our appetites. For example, I had coffee when I was really little. It was cold coffee. I thought it was Coca-Cola and it was gross. And I slugged it back with coffee grounds and I swallowed it. To this day, I still can't drink coffee. I I don't like it. It's gross to me. Um, You know, uh, after I was molested by that guy. Okay, so that was like physical appetite for food and drink, right? So, Mm -hmm. but after I was molested by that guy as a teenager, um, I, I realized later that I... I didn't make a single male friend for like 10 years. And so I realized that I lived a life in a way that was repelled from males, stranger males, like males that were strangers to me. 
And I'm like, wow, my relational appetites were massively impacted by that experience. And it got me thinking like the wholeness of our human experience cannot be reduced to being of zero effect, you know, because your whole experience and how you are loved or, 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 or ridiculed or affirmed or abused or celebrated, all of those things are going to influence like our spaces of comfort where we um, find ourselves um, desiring to be, you know, and then wherever we are now you stack on top of that, the neurological uh, um, aspect of, of bonding. How do people bond? And, and on top of regular bonding with like, you know, through pheromones and whatnot, you have things like trauma bonding, right? You take two, two kids who've been deeply traumatized, who find, find someone else who understands, they find someone who understands them. And then you say, and if they don't understand friendship and it's romanticized, you'll have a massively strong bond between people who are becoming romantically involved for those type of reasons, the opposite sex or same sex, right? And it's just like, so are, are we going to say that like the fullness of that person's experience had no impact on on who they felt safe to be around? You know, uh, yeah, who they yeah. felt like they could come around. Mm. I just think it'd be, I think it'd be a far more, um, let's say, a scientifically more dangerous position to say that our experiences are of zero effect. You know, now does all what I'm talking about hasn't is completely apart from someone being like feminine or masculine in or, or appearance, right? Or in mannerism. So that's a, that's an entire because you get people who like, oh, you know, that kid's got uh, feminine feminine mannerisms, right? So he'll be ridiculed by the kids, and then by that ridicule, he'll feel like an outsider, and feeling like an outsider, there will be an increased longing, and it's hard to belong. And then if at puberty or something, just like it happened to me, it gets mixed with the romantic feelings. Okay, well, we knew you were gay since you were two years old. Wrong. It's like, no, this kid had different expressions of himself that set him apart in a way. And for whatever reason, in this circumstance, people, this is how it played out. Wow. So good, man. I'm learning a lot today. This is good. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So, so yeah, so we're, so, so, so it's certainly shaped, right? It's certainly shaped by experiences and things like this. So then would you, I mean, if, if we just kind of, um, you, you, you had shared that like the cross-dressing was, was, was a part of your story. Um, would you mind, I mean, I'm just from what I'm hearing here, like you, you've, you've shared a bit about, not feeling not feeling like you fit into like the wolf pack right so like the men like the male mates um so is it is it so someone that might be saying for example who is a guy who's a a man um a young boy because i mean it's this this is becoming like increasingly more popular now um here that we're we're seeing you know we're seeing teenagers starting to transgender um, and they're, you know, they're, they're either changing schools or they're remaining at the same school, but they're changing uniform and things like this. So would you say that, so I'm just trying to get into the mind of a young, a young person that might be wanting to, 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 to transgender, right? 
Is it because they have spent so much time not feeling like they belong with the same sex? So if it's a young man, for example, like you, doesn't, doesn't fit in with the male mates very well, he's trying so hard to fit in, he's even starting to, to, to romanticise this, this longing, right, so that he's beginning to be sexually drawn to these young men because he longs to be who they might who they are, the, the sporty athletes, they're strong, they're fast, whatever it is that he's drawn to. Does it kind of get to like a tipping point where they're just like, I'm never going to be this, maybe I'm a girl? Is, is, is that the thinking pattern? But is that how transgenderism may start? Um, I think we have to be very careful to not mix transgenderism and same-sex attractions. They're just treat them as just, just treat them as distinct animals. Okay. Just distinct, right. distinct categories. I used to use the word animal for category there. Yeah. Um, That's something I've always done. I think I've always thought they were linked. So okay. Let's say they're related because they are dealing with sense of self and what we are drawn to in mm-hmm. our pursuit of fulfillment. Um, uh, I think it's important to mention that, um, like the elements of my experience, though not isolated to me, they're very common uh, mm-hmm. among many people. Uh, there's still there are still stories outside of that, right? So my experience and what I went through and the conclusions I drew can't be um, applied across the board, right? And so I want to make it very clear, you know, I went on my little rant before about how this is not and everything, but at the end of the day, um, when we're talking about this topic, and this is the most important thing, every step of the way, we're dealing with real people with real hearts and real stories who we need to um, love as best as we know how to love. And, and that includes listening. And you know what, that's going to get uncomfortable. So we, as faithful Catholics striving to be faithful need to learn how to be with people when it's uncomfortable to us. Cause there's, there's this problem. I just say it's an actual problem where people just, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me nervous or makes me not, you know, they're, they're not ready to receive someone where they're at. Now I'm not saying everybody has to have that role, so to speak, but the, the better we get at receiving people where they're at, And just, I don't mean welcoming and affirming. I mean, welcoming and receiving, right? So I'm going to receive and I'm going to listen to you. I want to try to understand more about you. I'm going to make fewer and fewer assumptions about you. Aim for zero assumptions. Even the idea of like, when people say, oh, you know, you experience same-sex attraction, so you must live a gay lifestyle. It's like, actually, no, I never acted out with a guy ever. Okay. But these, these attractions were part of my story. But if people make assumptions about people, we're just setting ourselves up for worse and worse failure. So anyway, with, with what's going on now, there's, there's all sorts of things. Like our whole culture basically celebrates this as, as something like good to do or good to pursue, or there's nothing, there's some, if you, if you oppose it, 
you know, like, let's say, for example, you desire to uphold what God has authored into creation, which includes the successful integration of sexuality, Catechism 2337, and you know that that includes the sexual complementarity of male and female, and uh, according to how God has authored for reproduction, and you know that it includes the reality that God authors males into existence and he authors females into existence. Um, apart from apart from let's say the outward outward genitalia that might be you know that might occur and apart from feelings and attractions and our desires to be around people anyway um so all of these things are in play and anyway coming back to that thing about uh, uh, uh the the attractions a person might experience versus how they have a sense of self about their personhood themselves Right. And so the fewer assumptions we make about that, the better. And again, like if we, if we radiate a reason why someone would want to turn to Jesus Christ first and foremost, anyway, for themselves, then maybe people will give that a shot and see how, like, I, I want to try to reconcile where I am with these attractions or this inclination of who I, who I feel myself to be as a person and see how this mixes with God. And of course, uh, that would, you know, hopefully the getting to understand the the love notes that God has authored into creation being humanity, um, that that understanding of nature can be a part of that. So backing up again, mm-hmm. um, dealing with, you know, with with the people who who are experiencing this thing or the, the, these types of things, um, you know, number one thing, um, we have to understand that people are probably very much steeped in a positive uh, perspective of all this, like it's just fine. We have to understand that um, culpability will vary, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's God's jo- our job to judge culpability and our job to hopefully uh, do what we can to point people to, uh, to Jesus in, in ways that are appropriate. So like ideally relationally, there's also another uh, concept is like milk before solid food. Right. And so, you know, if we just come in swinging, you know, we will alienate people and, and that's, it's actually not charitable. And it, it, it's, it's sometimes when there's anger, especially let's say when people are angry that the LGBTQ movement has like, t- you know, like, tilted the minds of their children and stuff like that they're upset you know and so the the solution has to do with like surrendering our frustrations if they exist for uh, offering that up as a penitential sacrifice for the salvation of souls there's really nothing greater than that that can be done because that gives peace it can help bring about forgiveness and of course, it can be a, a little offering from us to God the Father, who will bestow graces upon our children, even those who are trying to find their way in the world. And that's the punchline. We have regular people who we know God made with a plan, a beauty out of love. And we're, everybody, all of us, we're trying to find our way through this world, right? Amen. Beautiful. Awesome. So I mean that that's a really that that's a really good base, I, I suppose, for, for for this. I mean, so so I suppose where I mean, j- just kind of for, for just just like for, for my understanding in, in in 
obviously you've shared so much about the role that 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 Christ-centered friendship plays in just really just really kind of loving people that might be struggling um you know with with these issues and might not feel they fit in with the church or anything so um could you could you share a little bit about about how or how or why someone might might, might arrive at these kind of opening thoughts of I'm you know I don't I don't feel that I am um, you know I don't I don't feel comfortable I, I don't feel comfortable in my body um, if I've, if I've got a male body this I, I don't feel I feel like I'm you know as I've heard. Kids, you know, kids say to me, you know, I feel like I'm a, I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body or a, a boy trapped in a girl's body. Um, what, what, what do you think might lead somebody? And I know if this is part of your story too. What, what kind of gave you those those opening thoughts that that there's that, that yeah that I I am not I am not the sex that my body reveals that I am, and and wanting to. I know it's not the right. Well, yeah, again, it was the idea that, well, maybe if I clearly don't fit in, in what I understand to be boy, then I must, must have been made to be a girl, you know, and then, then, then comes a sprinkling of ideas of like, well, I don't really know the boy world, but I kind of know the girl world. I'm comfortable with the girl world. So maybe that, maybe that's a sign that I was supposed to be a girl, right? Those are just little things from my from my story. Nowadays, we have things like YouTube, and there's there's activists out there who are literally saying things like this. If you have ever questioned yourself, it means you are trans. <laughs> so, like, what what kid has not had a single question about themselves at some point in time or another, right? But there there are people saying that stuff. So what you have is you have. You have Catholic family, kids are all right, kids are doing all right. And then they go on YouTube because they've heard about transgenderism and, and their, their parents didn't address it. Oh, by the way, just like they're saying, like, if you address the topic of pornography before your children are exposed to pornography, chances are that they will talk to you about it, right? They'll say, right, there's, there's all sorts of like good resources about this. And they'll talk about it when they see it for the first time, right? If you don't talk to them about porn and then they d- discover porn, they're going to hide it and develop all sorts of like, you know, habitual patterns oh. and who knows what they're going to look at, right? So let's transport that principle to the topic of transgenderism and LGTB stuff, right? And I mean, of course, like only to the depth you'd, you'd need to go. But if, if, if it's completely foreign topic, they're like, oh, I can't talk to my parents about this because, um, you know, maybe it needs to be framed through the lens of virtue or something. Maybe we don't need to talk about LGBTQ stuff with our little children. Let's just talk about growing the fullness of virtue and what that means and how that leads to holy, healthy friendship and how chastity is a daughter virtue of temperance. We should be striving for temperance. What does that mean, right? So the point is, <laughs> the point is, if, if we don't... Pr- prepare our children with a virtue-minded Catholic education. This is huge because Catholic behavior enough is no sign of holiness, as we've seen with some people who have done horrible things and while doing a lot of Catholic-looking things. Um, if, we, if we prepare our children with that kind of stuff, then when they become confronted with the ideas that are being presented by LGBTQ ideology, so apart from the people, 
um, then they might have a fighting chance to, to recognize that, okay, so I can love people who are uh, taking on these mindsets. I can, I can see them as people and I can, you know, all that, all that good stuff, but I don't, I don't have to uh, take this on and affirm this because I understand that it is uh, LGBTQ ideology is fundamentally counter to the virtue of chastity via being fundamentally counter to the successful integration of human sexuality. So the idea is like, yeah. you could prepare, prepare children through virtue-focused education, virtue-focused education. And that way also, if we do that, then uh, it's kind of like addressing the bigger topic, you know? And it's addressing a forward-looking thing that has to do with growing in the fullness of holiness as opposed to like fixating on like one of the things going on in our world. Uh, it's just, of course, every, every situation is going to be a little unique, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So I, I just want to, um, we're, we're, we're almost, we're, we're, we're moving into the end, end of it now. I, I just kind of want to bring it home a little bit. Sure. Um, obviously most people that are watching this, and uh, you know, uh, are listening to this. Sorry, uh, are probably not, not, not. There, there are going to be a lot less people that are wrestling with this issue right now than what people are going to be listening to this that might know somebody else they love that is going through it, or and you know, may, maybe they they are kind of a little bit you know unsure what this you know virtue focused edu- you know education friendship, Christ-centered love, all that stuff. I really want to come back to something you said before that really hit me. How, how do we, as, you know, as, as people of faith that are practicing our faith, um, you know, we're, we're, we're encountering people that are, that are, that are either same-sex attracted or, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they, have, they have either transgendered uh, or they're, they're, they're on the verge of it or they're questioning all this stuff. How do we as Catholics in the workplace, wherever we are, um, how do we welcome and receive them? I love how you said that. Welcome and receive them. Um, let them know that the church is their home, that they're loved by God and that they're loved by every Christian as opposed to not welcoming and then just like affirming their lifestyle. Because I think, I think a lot of people that I speak to, and even me, I think too, if I'm really honest, I get a little bit nervous around how do I love this person, treat this person. Um, could, could you share a little bit about that? Because I mean, you've you've been really, which I love. I mean, this in a nasty way. This is this is great. You've been you're really pumping this. Like friendship is so key to all this you're making that really clear healthy friendship is really is really is would you almost say like great friendship is like almost like the cure for these struggles because if people <laughs> are loved uh, that, i mean i don't know maybe, maybe i'm exaggerating that but that i mean i'm sensing that really strongly that you're saying that so how would someone of faith be a great friend to somebody that might be in one of these two camps or probably both sure sure and and I, I I just to clarify, ho- holy friendships, friendships that are growing in holiness, because there can be lots of 
great friendships according to modern use of language, right? And so also in, in I have to admit, like I struggle with how to balance that myself. You know, I think about the people that I know who experience same-sex attractions and who are striving to live a faithful, holy life chastely. And then I also think of the people who call themselves Catholic and who are in experience same-sex attractions, who call themselves gay and who march in gay pride parades, right? And it's like, well, okay, well, we, we went for breakfast and had a good two-hour visit. That was okay, you know. Um, and we went out for beer another time. Like there's room for that. You know, it's, I mean, like the, the day where we uh, refuse to, to listen to people who think differently than us, that's not a good day. Right. But there's also boundaries, for example, okay. This fellow that I, you know, we had had a really awesome breakfast. We talked, we do not see eye to eye on things. I, I will, I will strive to uphold what the church teaches as found in the catechism. And that includes chastity. And he thinks that because we believe in a risen Christ, uh, he thinks that he's fine. And I guess that's God will sort all that out. Right. And charity covers a multitude of sins, everything. Um, But uh, I have a relationship with this guy, but it actually comes with some boundaries. Like for example, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, I, I went to a, a church event where he was there and his husband, secular husband was there and they were talking about something and it was at non-Catholic church. And I just kind of wanted to see what they were chatting about and stuff and talked with his, his man. And, and uh, it was, it was amicable. It was amiable. Like we, we were okay. You know, we, we don't see eye to eye on some serious things, but you know, I'm not going to invite him and his husband over to, um, to my house when like my friend's little children are there because I don't want that to be, I don't want to introduce that to children who just don't need to be asking questions like that at that age. Do you know what I'm saying? So, and every family's going to have a different set of boundaries. I know of one, uh, like one situation where, uh, you know, a, a little child did witness sexual romantic affection in a, in a same sex couple when he was really little. And then, you know what he did? He tried that with his friends because he thought that that's what friends did so we you know is it would people do that i don't know but the idea is like as parent the parent is is the gatekeeper of of who is around the children and you know the wholeness of a person's perspective is going to matter it could be anything right like like never mind the sexuality topic every parent knows that they're a gatekeeper and they keep their kids around certain people and not others because they want to make sure that the the ideas that their children are seeing are are in line with theirs by and large mm-hmm. and that's, that's sensible that's that would be expected so so again friendship but you know it's okay to have boundaries it's and and i mean every friendship should have some boundary at some point um so those are yeah. those are those are two things. Now, as far as like, like on the day-to-day, like welcoming, what does welcoming look like? I mean, one thing that I find is very helpful is to strive to put the face of Christ on every person. Okay. So that'll help you and your response. Right. And if you wouldn't say something face-to-face to to someone, um, then don't say it at all. Right. Um, Now, I mean, would I say all this stuff in front of a, an LGBTQ activist, you know what, if it was an intimate enough relationship, yeah, I probably would. And I've gone for coffee with several, right? It's like, these are where I'm at. Um, the other thing is that some people will res- respond to charity well, but other people who, are, let's say, are more bent on an on a ideological standpoint, 
uh, an ideological uh, attachment uh, won't receive won't receive our charity well. And so we have to just accept the fact that some people will have been so bought into the ideology that says the church is the enemy, that there's literally nothing you can do other than to put up a healthy boundary and pray. Sadly, sometimes this, this is the boundary that some parents have to put with a child who becomes uh, relationally manipulative or emotionally abusive because they're become overattached to this ideology and they're basically oh, yeah. inflicting, yeah. inflicting a punishment on their parents. And, right. and that, that's, that's not good. So we, we take that to prayer and we get those parents to strive to, no, we, well, I hope that parents, just like any topic, if your child is, is, is going places that you hope they don't go for the sake of their soul, that you offer that suffering to the Lord for the sake of their own salvation. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, this is, this, um, this is a question I, I've honestly had. Um, obviously, I mean, if, if you're, you know, like if you're friends with, with, with somebody who, who is struggling with these kinds of issues and then, um, you know, they're, they're very warm and welcoming to you. You're, you're, you're very loving to, you know, you're loving to them. They know that you're Catholic and you're like, yeah, look, I don't really agree with that stuff, but, you know, but they, they seem really, really loving, you know, about the fact that you don't see eye to eye on everything. Um, Something I've always kind of wondered is, is uh, you know, is it is it is it good to invite them to church or or to faith related events? Um, because I mean, we don't. I mean, we don't. You know, we don't check with someone we know we've met at met at a bar. You know, um, I just want to. You know, I just want to go down the list of major sins and make sure you're not taking drugs and looking at porn. <laughs> right? yeah. like, 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 like we don't. We don't think that way with every other sin like because we're like oh if if you're struggling with sin like everybody else is including me then church is church is the hospital that this person needs so we invite them or we we try to get them involved but it's almost like for some reason like you know especially if it's like if especially if it you know like um if it if it's if it's a same-sex couple or you know, like a you know, like a man or woman that has undergone some some kind of surgery or they're cross dressing or whatever, we can tend to be like, oh, that's too much of an outward witness that they're living in sin, so we can't invite them. So, and and I don't know what what would you say to that about about? I mean, are there help? I mean, are there some different boundaries as Catholics we need? I think I think this underscores the importance of that personal relationship, because well, you know, the question is like, what is um, God will measure uh, assess us on what are our reasons of inviting them, right? Like, are some people like, oh, I'll get them to church, and then that'll like shake the gay out of them or something? Like, okay, there's there's yeah. uncharitable invitations, uh, which I I don't know anybody who would say that, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who'd think that kind of stuff. And then there's uh, invitations that are like genuine. It's like, we love you. We know that God's very important in our lives. And it, it, in, in knowing you for the last X many years, I can tell that you're searching um, like a lot of prep conversations. You know, would you mind, would you like to come to church uh, with, um, with us today? And if you're, if you're speaking with a couple, I mean, 
I don't know what I would do for that one, but I do know that um, I do know that there was one couple I heard there was, there was one same sex couple. I heard um, the one guy, he knew the priests from way back. Okay. So he, so there was a relationship, like a lifelong relationship. Right. And I heard his, I'm going to say the word husband. Okay. You heard his husband saying, no, 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 we can't go in. I was close to the door. We can't go in there. They hate us. And then the guy who knew the priest said, no, 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 don't worry. I know, I know father, they don't hate us. Come in. Mm, So, so this couple would attend church, but because they had relationship with the priest. Now, I don't know if they went out for communion. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention, but I do know that uh, because I talked to the priest and he said like well you know i've known them for a long time and they respect me and i i and they know that in church they can't like like give off the idea that they're a romantically involved couple you just can't he said that puts me in a really awkward position i'm happy that you're here because this is the house of god and we know that just even being here you're i mean you're 50 feet from the tabernacle like jesus is here we want you to be near jesus yeah. you know what i'm saying but 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 this couple was this couple was able to go and 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 attend several times and no scandal. I mean, I mean, I, I think the people in the church community knew who they were, and, and and so nothing was made. There was no to do about it, right? And so okay, so we had charity from the heart of the priest. We had charity from the heart of one of the people in the couple. We had charity from the community, and we had charity from the couple who just declined to uh give off a romantic involvement so that was that was very very something special they were respected in the house um so i know that that kind of stuff is possible but um i also know that not everybody is there with that type of like relational connection and the desire to respect um the faith in a way that would not um in a way that would be um that that would let's say be charitable to the other families, right? Who, yes. Whose children yes. don't need to no- negotiate those questions at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yes, that makes sense. It's, it, look, it, re- it really depends, doesn't it, on the relationship? Totally. Have, yeah, and how, how kind of prepped they are, right, for, for that kind of a scenario or situation too. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And I mean, and at the end of the day, the true fact is that God has authored every one of us into creation. We all were created with the purpose, just like the holy angels and the unholy angels. And we all can step further into the the fulfillment of what our role is. And every time that we, we act in a way that is truly virtuous, not just virtue signaling, but like if we're responding Mm -hmm. with true charity, you know, even if there wasn't, even if the decision turned out to turned out uh, a bad result, the, the gift of charity that was truly offered in as best as it could be offered. When a person looks in the mirror at the end of the day and say, God, I tried my best. And God says, I know there was kind of a gong show afterwards, but you strove to live a holy, virtuous life, right? Mm. That still counts for something, right? It doesn't, it, I mean, that's, that's not going to say it's a remedy for like all the wreckage that could happen if things just, if a really bad situation happens, but the, the, the charity in our hearts that we strive to live, that we strive to live with, that we strive to offer is still seen by the Lord. Beautiful.
love it, love it. This is this, yeah. This is this, this has been such a blessing to, to me, honestly. Today, look, I, I think we'll. I just love to close with kind of one, just one, one final um, angle, one, one final question, Hudson. Um, that is, and look, and again, I, I don't know how how many people this might, you know, this actually might, this actually might like relate to, but. Um, what would what would what would just like a little bit of like you know like some you know like some like a you know like a closing word um from you just from someone that has been there that has experienced some of these struggles mm-hmm. um you know you you obviously you you know you had to struggle through and you know you kept pursuing chastity and i'm sure there were times it was very black and dark and and very difficult um what would you what what would you say to somebody right now that you know especially might you know might might be a late teenager or like you you know like or an adult or, you know like a young adult um, who is just really just 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 really wrestling at the moment with one one or both of these particular struggles? Um, what what encouragement for their you know like for their journey might might you give them? Okay, I'll get to that question right away. You, you, you nailed a very important nuance of language. You said struggle and chastity. For me, the struggle was uh, the struggle with self-worth, the struggle with feeling like it belonged, the struggle with striving to live a chaste life, which, you know, that's, that's an ongoing struggle to live the strive to live a holy life, right? I never felt that I struggled with same-sex attractions. I never felt that I struggled with transgender inclinations. When I was experiencing those, I was like, oh, well, this is just sort of the way I am. It is what it is. What do I do with it? But I never saw it as a struggle. And I think that we, I just would like to say, we, it's important for us to remember that we, we have to be careful not to assume it's a struggle. A lot of kids, I mean, I was only living the, the only life I knew how to live, right? It just was the way it was. So just, just keep that in mind. And now, so what do we, what do we say? What would I say if I had a, it's a, it's a very important nuance. It can be very disarming that one. Okay. Um, and so I appreciate that it came up so pointedly right now. What would I say at the end? It's like, you know what, regardless of, of whatever attractions or inclinations you're experiencing, the, the full and endless and complete and perfect love of Jesus Christ is one decision away. All we have to do is open our hearts a little crack to that. And, and I just, I, I desire more than anything that people will come to know his love and just allow him to transform their hearts in all ways. This isn't, this isn't about like turning someone from gay to straight. It's not about turning someone from trans to not trans. It's about simply like, hopefully like trying to edge people towards trusting Jesus, that his love is supreme. His love is the best, you know, and then just orienting people to, to, to taste the goodness of prioritizing that as a focus above anything else in the world. And once that comes into order, so many ripple effects from that can come through our lives, especially ripple effects that reduce anxiety and, and sadness, I mean, there'll always be sadness, but reduce anxiety and, and let's say, um, fear, because we know those are not fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, 
I want, I want people to know, I mean, it sounds kind of pie in the sky for someone who might be like in the thick of trying to negotiate their thoughts and feelings. It's just like, I just, I guess maybe the, the, the more on the ground boots on the ground phrase, I think I would say is like, keep pursuing the fullness of truth. If you keep pursuing the fullness of truth, you're on the right track. And, you know, and there's many people who love you and many people are praying for you along the way that you don't even know all around the world, just for you to, open your heart to Jesus and to give him a shot. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. That's it's, it's like, if people only knew how much he loved us, man, honestly. <laughs> it's funny. My, my last comment was just going to be like, how much does God love these people? You know, I think that, that is the, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, that hit me. It hit me so hard when you shared that story about that 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 male couple that entered. You know, when you know that one of them, like, oh, they they hate us, and like, I just really pierced my heart because I was like, man, like, if only they. I mean, and and again, I, I I'm 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 not trying to pretend this doesn't happen. Obviously, they have been wounded by Christians who have not loved them well. Um, but if only they knew how much God loved them and how much the church is is their home. Um, I, I would love us as, as, as a church just to, to start to image, image that love a little bit better. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that's such a high, high point to close on. It's just God loves them so deeply. So um, deeply. So deeply. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to um, maybe I'm just going to close in a, in a prayer. I think just, just, just that the Lord would really bless, um, if, you know, um, everything that you've said today, Hudson, that it would get that this interview would reach the right people. Um, Lord, I just ask you to open up, um, open up everybody's heart, where, where wherever they are on this journey, whether they, um, you know, whether, whether they simply are just they 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 they, they experience these things and aren't even struggling with it. They, this is all that they know or whether there are people that really are wrestling and are questioning and are struggling and it's causing, causing them deep pain, I ask that you would comfort them. For those that are living, you know, um, that do experience these inclinations or um, these, these thoughts, um, that, they would, that they would find you or that you would make yourself known to them in any way that, 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 I mean, you can, you can, you can come to them in any way possible, but I especially pray, pray for the church and for every member of the church that we would all love them as you love them, Lord, that we would be filled with the Holy spirit, that we would receive all the gifts of the spirit and that we would bear fruit and the fruits of the spirit would 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 start to flow out of our lives into every person um, and that they would that we would be as you said Hudson would be the face of Christ to everybody that we meet no matter what they're experiencing or what they're struggling with that we would see them as you see them in Jesus name we ask all this and so much more amen amen Father and Son Holy Spirit amen Hudson, mate, um, thank you. Thanks so much for your time today. Um, honestly, I 
as I said, when I do these interviews, I like to pick people and 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 I like to choose topics that are gonna they're gonna primarily bless me because I just love it. <laughs> I just love I love learning this stuff and it and it I think I think truthfully I think having this kind of knowledge and I mean I'm I I I, I like I'll I'll probably do a few holy hours with the notes I've taken from this show but I, I truthfully just a couple of things there that you've said I I, I think it's gonna help deepen my love for people that experience these things as well. Um, just getting a better understanding of where they've come from, uh, possibly what they've experienced and, you know, like, and, you know, feeling like they, 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 don't, they, they don't belong or that they're a misfit or anything. I mean, when, when we understand that, I mean, I'm speaking for me, when I understand that and hopefully when many other people understand that more, um, that, that should drive them to have, have deeper compassion and love to, to be to to judge so much less, and simply to love more and and to want to reach out and support in any way we can, uh, mate. I, I just want to thank you again for all that you're doing in in this space. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know you're you're helping so many people, and you've really blessed me today too, which I think in turn will bless everyone that encounters uh, me through Fire Up, just because of having done this. Um, there's definitely going to be a part two, and so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch again. I'd love to have you on again. Uh, I'm sure uh, there, there's so much more that, that, that I'm sure there's so many more angles we could have gone down. Yeah. Um, so I would. I'll, I'm. I'm looking forward to picking your brain again in the future, mate. Um, you. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. All right. God bless you. Thanks so much for having me. We would like to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you thought that it was helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and, and, and share with a friend. And for more content like this, online videos, special offers, access to exclusive Fire Up events and a Fired Up community, consider joining our Fire Up family. So head to our website and for a monthly gift of your choice, you can help others experience the love they always dreamed of. So um, may God bless you and your family. Now go set the world on fire.